0: This morning we ask, oh God, that you pour out the rain of your grace. And let every hungry soul be satisfied. Take all the glory in the name of Jesus. Amen. You may take your seat as you turn to Second John chapter 1. Second John, chapter one, verse number eight. Okay, let us, let us begin from verse number six to eight. And this is love that we walk after his commandments. This is the commandment that as ye have heard from the beginning, you shall walk in it. 7, For many deceivers have entered into the world who confess not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh. This is a deceiver and an antichrist. Now if we take a moment subsequently to investigate the operation of the spirit of the antichrist in the current our current generation those are some of the scriptures we'll be taking our bearing from in order to really understand the workings of the spirit of the antichrist it's against christ against christ there's a spirit that is against christ and and it has a philosophy it has a doctrine. It has a perspective. And we need to be acquainted with it. So that we will not become victims of the spirit of the age. Verse 8 is my emphasis. Look to yourselves. That we lose not those things which we have wrath, But that we should receive a full reward. So this is the counsel from the apostle. Bringing us to... Um, a, a point of caution that we should look to ourselves that we lose not. There's a possibility of us losing the things uh, that have been wrought in us by God. And if we contend sufficiently to ensure that we do not lose those things, the Bible says we receive a full reward. Now, the reason why I began with this scripture and the idea of a full reward. Are you there with me? Full reward is because there are, there are pockets of rewards that God gives us in time. Pockets of rewards. But the ultimate full reward is not in this age. So when we talk about the reward for the believer, we we'll need to bring the Perspective of the age to come into the equation so that we'll have a full understanding of the implications of our actions upon the face of the earth. But you must understand that if you are going to, by any means, receive a reward from heaven, one of the requirements is that you must not be a hypocrite. Another requirement is that you must understand Uh, the hidden dwelling place of God in your heart and you must insist not to turn away your face from the movements of God in the privacy of your spirit man. Because when you turn your face away from the movements of God, the protests that God is making about your life, you have decided to avoid judgment. Those protests that the Holy Spirit is making are actually symptoms of judgment so that you can you can make adjustments because adjustments are still possible. But when you decide not to accept those judgments, then it means that you have decided that your own judgment will take place in the days to come. Do you understand that? So I would like us to still push on this matter of rewards because if the um, I've checked the motivation of people like Apostle Paul, Apostle Peter, for staying true to Jesus, for following through with the Holy Spirit, was for fighting the good fight of faith. Their motivation, their strength, was that they had their eye on a reward economy, which was in the age that is to come. And so, in order for you to be an accurate be- believer, your eyes must be on that economy. Your eyes must be fixed on that economy. And it's only believers that want to be accurate in the days to come, in the age that is to come, that are conscious and that prioritize the issue that pertain to the divine order. So when you find another Christian, maybe he's your neighbor and he's not concerned about the divine order. The reason why he's living as a Christian is because he heard that God gives people money. So he's doing business with God so that he can prosper. And his concern is not about the economy of the world. All right? Now, if you see that Christian, his values, his approach, the things he can do, the things, all right, are going to be different from one that wants to observe the requirements of the divine order. Our generation is a generation, and when I say our generation, um, the, with emphasis to the kind of ministry we have in our generation, it's 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 a kind of formation that gives no cognizance to the divine order. So people are just running the rat race, not not knowing that God will not accept just any sacrifice. There are prescriptions that God has laid down in his word as touching things that he can accept and as touching things that he can reward. All right? And I'd like us to do a few investigations in scripture. Once again, you are welcome in the name of Jesus. Because of the time we spent in getting our guests from the airport to um, the place of rest, I'm not going to take too much of your time. And we are going to stop this, my own session, and we'll continue it subsequently during uh, one of our evening uh, services, because I want us to see the five kinds of the words that there are in the age that is to come. And what you need to do in order for you to qualify. But if you follow the lectures yesterday, are you, are you here? Are you here? If you follow the lectures yesterday, you will discover that there are two who were confronted with Two aspects of the father. He sees in secret. And he what? He is in secret. Now, don't forget those two aspects of the father that were revealed in the protocol, the prescription for rewards. Don't forget it. Because we'll be making reference to it. And that is what is going to guarantee that you actually have a reward because uh, the one that sees in secret is the one that rewards openly. The one that sees in secret and the one that is in secret is the one that rewards openly. So yesterday we were not able to see the third hypocrite. The first hypocrite is with giving arms. Second hypocrite is with prayer. And then the third kind of hypocrite can be seen in fasting. Are you with me? You're not with me? Are you there? So let us investigate the fasting hypocrite. <laughs> Hallelujah. Then when we are done with this, I'm going to show you in the, the next lecture we we, we we hold on this matter, I'm going to show you a full layout Of the reward syllabus. Completely in all 142 scriptures. Because I read those scriptures on this matter. You will not find any other scriptures on that subject in the Bible. So I did a complete study of the scriptures that have to do with this subject. 142 scriptures. In order to come up with a systematic presentation of the theology around the reward system. Exactly? Are you with me? Okay. All right, so let us do something quickly. Um, Matthew chapter 6, we'll do from 16 to 18. Matthew chapter 6, we'll do from 16 to 18. When we finish... This one, then I can go into some deeper matters, if the time will allow me. Who is the Matthew chapter 6, from verse 16? Moreover, when ye fast, be not as they hypocrites of a sad countenance for they disfigure their faces that they may appear unto men to fast. Verily I say unto you they have their reward. So do you still remember our definition of a hypocrite? And it's very easy for you to be a hypocrite when you are doing things in church when you are carrying out some form of service in the house of God, it's very easy for you to be a hypocrite if you are not conscious and sensitive to him that is in secret. Do you ever ask yourself, how does God see this argument that I just had? How does he see this contention I just had with my wife? If you are blind to that, it means you are not conscious Of the one that sees in secret. You need to confront yourself again and again with this question. How does he see this little video I watched on YouTube? This little video I watched on Facebook. How does he see it? Because if you don't probe yourself that way, you are likely not to become sensitive to him. And the moment you lose your sensitivity to him, you become a hypocrite. And there is no hypocrite that is suitable for a reward from a God that sees in secret. So once and again, you need to confront yourself. How does he see this matter? The moment you ask yourself that question, a light will come to you. And then you will know whether you need to apologize on some matters so that you you can be in the good books of him that sees in secret. Because the reward regime that is set in place in time and in eternity is managed by your father that sees in secret. So it's a very healthy Christian practice for you to confront yourself once and again with the question, How does he see this matter? How does he see this matter? Someone the other time said he was given a contract and then he was called behind the scene and told that he's going to inflate the figure of the contract to accommodate soft landing for some participants that were instrumental in securing uh, the contract. And uh, he was confused on whether to go ahead or not. You don't need to be confused. Just ask yourself, how does he that see in secret, how will he consider this matter? Because if you bring the matter into the world of men,
1: it's okay, all right.
0: But unfortunately for all of us, it's not men that are going to reckon with us. It is the one that sees in secret. So the moment we brought that element into the discussion, there was no question again. Questions will linger if the context that you have brought the matter is a context of men. But the moment we take it away from the context of men and we introduce him that sees in secret, then you will know that that which will not be pleasing to him that sees in secret. Are you there? It's called hypocrisy. And it is irritating to him. It is detestful to him. And it is such hypocrisy that disqualifies people from the rewards. So our God is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So you see, even in fasting, we see hypocrisy. The guy is trying to show that he is doing something spiritual and the audience he wants to impress is the physical audience is is men but the true spiritual man wants to impress the one that is in secret so even though men do not approve of his ways do not approve of his style that's okay for him because he knows his first audience and he knows who is out to please if you are genuinely out to please god you will find out that most of the time, you will not be in the good books of men. Most of the time. And I can show you a few scriptures that speak about men pleasers. Men pleasers cannot succeed in pleasing men and pleasing God at the same time. You will need to choose one. You need to choose one. When you go all out to please God, and that's your preoccupation, people will call you a radical. Because you are you are not fitting into the current context. and That was how John the Baptist was. He was in a context that afforded him alignment with God. And so he could say, don't say the Lord to his generation. And even though his ministry was in the wilderness, it was not a limitation to him. Because the cities traveled. In cities like Judea. There was no one left. When John the Baptist is preaching, the whole city becomes empty. Don't visit Judea when John the Baptist is on his campaign, his ministry campaign, because you will not meet anybody that you intend to see. The Bible says, and all Judea went to him in the wilderness. All Judea. His dress code was not the kind of dress code that was contemporary. He was still moving around with camel skin. His menu was not on the table in most of our restaurants. Because he he could make do with wild, honey and locusts. That's the kind of person you call a Jew. But even his menu was prescribed by inspiration. He was a man that did not care about how society saw him. He only cared about how God saw him. And if you know, are you there? The prophecy that came before his birth. The Bible says he, he shall be great in the sight of God. So a man that is going to be great in the sight of... I studied the life of John the Baptist. I wanted to know, what does it mean to be great in the sight of God? And what it means is to make God your audience. And to close your eye to every other audience. If you are right with God. If you can walk with God. Do you have the courage to do that? That's what I'm asking. Do you have the courage? Not to care about anyone, anything. The only thing you care about is being right with God. And when people feel you are crazy and they say you are mad, your relatives say you are, you are sick, you don't even have the time to respond. You don't have the time to respond. Because right there in the privacy of your spirit, the Lord rejoices in you. So in order for him not to confront you with bitter judgment in the day when he sets up, Uh, The judgment seat of Christ. There are little judgments that he administers. Which is the one that is in your heart. That the way you spoke now is offensive to me. The way I see it from the secret. This your anger is of the devil. So he's protesting. And then when you understand the rhythm of his protest and you decide to bow down in repentance it means that you have made him your first audience. You can you can walk away from the way people feel, but you cannot walk away from the way he feels. That's the kind of believer that he's going to set up in the open and he's going to exalt before the eyes of men. So the same men for which hypocrites become hypocrites. Are you are you there? Because the reason why a hypocrite is a hypocrite is because he wants to please men. Those same men that, that become hypocrites because they want to please men, they will still be there When God decides that this one that whose preoccupation is to make me happy, make me glad, he wants to do my will, he wants to align with me, he wants to do the things I want him to do according to my prescription, it is still that audience, either in this life or in the life that is to come, that this our God that is in secret and sees in secret is going to reward you. So you can decide to reward yourself by making an impression on the public and violating the divine order and ignoring the judgment that he is administering in your spirit because you are not sensitive to your inward and your secret parts, which is his dwelling place and his tabernacle. And then you continue like that, especially when you are gaining from it, making some profit, making some gains from that thing that you are doing that is contrary to the divine order, it means that you do not consider him worthy of any attention. He will not complain. There is a day that he reckons with all things. Then he you, you will clear your doubts and say, all the breath that you you breathe in and out, this is the quantity for the lifetime you spent upon the face of the earth. you will need to account for what you use that breath to do, which was something that was captured in his kingdom. So we'll move gradually and then you'll see the consequence of ignoring the God that is in secret and the God that sees in secret. I remember I started from the book of Second John chapter 1 verse 8 where John spoke about the full reward because there are partial rewards in time but the ultimate reward that will come from him is in eternity. If you are still with me, say Amen. But when thou, but thou, when thou fastest, anoint thy head and wash thy face, that thou appear not unto men to fast, but unto thy father, which is in secret, and thy father, which seeth in secret, shall reward thee. What? Open Hallelujah. So he's saying it's not a show. Service to me, genuine service that is motivated by love for me and for my people is not a show. It's something that is done as unto me and such works that are done as unto me, I will surely reward. Alright, lesson two. Are you there? Okay. In lesson two, I, I took time yesterday night to find out, to look at all the scriptures in the New Testament, especially in the epistles, to factor out every time the apostles spoke about a reward, so that we can categorize it and understand it adequately. Then, when we understand this, I will now show us the time for reward. I will now show us the the, the the philosophy behind reward. Okay, so come with me. Then we'll move to the next item on the agenda, which is the prescription for service. You know, we're still touching prescription for reward. We'll do prescription for service. Then we'll do prescription for prosperity. You want to prosper? You want to have material and financial prosperity? There is a prescription for it. It's a prescription in the Bible. So there are seven items for which I want to show you prescriptions. In these prescriptions, if we need to go to the Old Testament to see the types so that you can see that it's adequately consolidated in Scripture, we will have the time to do or that level of exploration. So number one. We are just doing a documentary of the rewards that the Bible spoke about uh, in the New Testament. In the New Testament. Okay? First type of reward is what we call reward for righteous deeds. Rewards for righteous deeds. Rewards for righteous deeds. That's what we just studied. All the three things we studied now is what captures the rewards for righteous deeds. And righteous deeds, as we have studied, includes giving alms, it includes praying, and includes fasting. Are you there? In giving alms, just what we saw from uh, Matthew chapter 6 verse 2 to 4. In praying, Matthew chapter 5 verse 6 verse 5 to 15. In fasting, Matthew chapter 6 verse 16 to 18. This is, these are rewards for righteous deeds. So when you do righteous deeds, the Bible reveals that you will have a reward. But I've told you what makes your reward efficacious is that you are sensitive to him that is in secret and him that sees in secret. Never be a performer. Please let me preach to your neighbor. Never be. Never be a performer. Be a man or a woman that walks with God. So for your righteous deeds, God is going to reward you. Especially if the deeds you are doing is according to prescription is going to reward. Exactly. Second point. The Bible speaks about a prophet's reward. Matthew chapter 10 verse 41. A prophet's reward. Matthew chapter 10 verse 41. One. All right, let's do 40, then 41. If you have a good Bible, the heading for 40, 41, and 42, the heading, if you have a good Bible, is rewards. Is this on your Bible? Eh? Is this so? Oh, you're not there. Then you don't have a good Bible. Change that Bible. Change it. Amen. <laughs> you need a good Bible. You need a good Bible. He said, He that receiveth you receiveth me. And he that received me received him that sent me. You there? This is the, this is the principle. If anyone by any means receives anyone that is sent from God. You know, I told you that rewards have a temporary manifestation in the natural but the ultimacy of rewards or what the Bible calls a full reward is not going to be doled out in this age. If you want to be accurate in your work with God, you must be conscious of reward. And you must you must order yourself according to pattern so that you'll be eligible for the rewards that God has said he wants to give us. In my mind, I think salvation, being saved, is is sufficient. But God said, no, I will still reward you. And then the first line of rewards is in righteous deeds. The second line of rewards is in receiving those that God has sent to you. He that receiveth you receiveth me. And he that receiveth me receiveth him that sent me. Are you there? I'd like you to see something quickly before we move. There are two individuals in this scripture that is spoken about that that you're receiving a man of God directly or indirectly means you have received. There are two individuals. The two individuals is Jesus and his father. So in receiving a genuine man of God that is sent to do the will of God, if you receive him, you have received Jesus and you have received the Father. And I hope you know the person responsible for rewards. Oh, you are not following. Once upon a time, God sent us a missionary. I don't know. I think it's from, uh, where is Uncle Diwa? Where was, uh, Paheltin from?
1: He was from England. He's an Englishman. I think I think he's from England, but I was not sure. Yeah, he is an Englishman. He's not an Irish. Right. I know
0: that. So, so um, he he served in Elisha, and he was pa- Eilton's direct disciple. Yes, pa- Eilton's direct disciple. So there were the ones that received him as an apostle and a prophet, and on all of them that had direct contact with him, there is a prophetic deposit upon all, all of them. All of them, including him. Because we've had some time together and I found out that there was a deposit, And that's what happens when you receive someone that Jesus has sent. There were many cycles of believers those days that did not acknowledge the grace that was upon that man and they could not tap what God endowed him with. But as many there be, that identified that what was motivating him was the grace of God, was the hand of God. And you know, I told you that there is a time-based reward. That's, that's really a message drop. And there is also an eternity-based reward. Please, can you tell us a few things about Paul Do you know of his prayer life? Do you know of Yes, yeah, pro- so his Prophetic grace. So let's, let's find
1: out. Yeah, so I, first of all, I encountered Pyrelton in 1982, in my final year in ABU Zaria. He came there to, 1982, to you were in final year. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Now, how many of you were born
1: in, uh... ah, where my wife was born? Jesus. Okay. So, So he came to Zaria. When he came there and spoke to us. Now let me say that at that time in Christianity, the excitement of the young uh, believers was on people like, I mean, like, uh, you know, Kenny Hagen. Okay. uh, Who were sending us a lot of books from the United States and all of that, uh, you know, Kenny Copeland and all of those. There was a lot of excitement about those. Word of faith preachers. When I listened to Kenahagan, I, I mean, I mean, I listened to Pat Elton, I told my friends that a greater than Kenahagan is here. And they laughed at me. Now, that means that I was able to recognize that there was a prophet here because, uh, you know, Kenahagan is a teacher. And the Lord himself revealed to me that a greater than Kenahagan is here. I just said it. And then I prophesied. I said that during my youth service, I'll be learning on the pirating. And the Lord stamped that. Wow. I did not influence my posting to the old, old Oyo State. I was posted to Oyo State. I, w- and I did not influence my posting in the primary assignment. I was posted to a village near Elisha. I was staying in Elysia. I'm going to teach in a secondary school in Igongon. And we were coming to Payton's house. Every Thursday, just ten of us will come and sit down in his parlour, and he will come and teach us. Hmm.
0: Now, can you imagine a prophet that God sent all the way from England decided to come here of, of all the cities? He chose to stay in Elisha. How many of you know Elisha? How many of you have been there? Oh, you you yeah, you even tried. So can you think of the Elisha of 1982? An Englishman leaves his country and then he's staying in Elisha, and his daughter, if I if I'm yeah, not Ruth, mistaken, yeah, Ruth. Ruth is
1: still there. Ruth is still uh, Ruth is, is somewhere Where? in Kogi
0: State now. In Kogi State now. Okay, yeah. okay. Now, so that was a prophet that was sent to Nigeria as a nation. You see, in the prophetic, um there. You you can know someone that has been sent to administer a certain errand by the, the the content of his prophetic message. So a prophet sent to Benwe, for instance, will have insight about Benwe, and he'll be given direction to Benwe. A prophet sent to Boko will have insight about God's plan for Boko. And we'll be giving direction to Boko. I know you know not everybody in Boko will believe that he is sent to them. But those that believe that he is sent to them they will profit from the strategic direction that will come from his anointing. Paelti was sent to the nation, Nigeria. He was a national prophet. He was a national voice. In fact, his chronicles, his prophecies are still the road map we have today. We have as a ministry today For our navigation. For our efforts. Because we recognize. That he was sent to Nigeria. As a national prophet. He was the one. That was able to unveil our destiny. And he spoke about. Our corporate destiny. Being. A ground. Where God will host a revival. That will affect the world. Did he say anything about that revival while those days?
1: What did he say? So, uh, the first day I stepped in his house and he asked me where I was from. And I told Peyton that I'm a chief man. Peyton did not talk for like five minutes. He was quiet. Just looking at me. And then he would say, chief man. (laughs) Chief man. And after a while, he said, the greatest revival is going to take place with the T people. That it will be very, very difficult for the T people to submit to God, but God will finally take them. And when he does, he's going to use them to vanquish the whole of Islam in northern Nigeria and the northern part of Africa. Now, so, if you hear those words, are you with me?
0: Now, if someone prophesies, if you are discerning, you will know where the prophecy is coming from. There are three possible sources of divine prophecy. One, is the counsel of God. The counsel of God. The counsel of God is where this vision was conceived in the book of Genesis, chapter one, when the when the Bible says, Let us make man, it was a counsel of God. A prophet that taps his frequency from the counsel of God can always tell you the decisions that have been made from that counsel in the heavenlies. Are you still with me? What my Elton prophesied, I've studied it critically, I've studied his architecture, studied his his engineering. And that guy had a direct link to the counsel of God. That was what separated prophets like Melchiah from other prophets. There are only few prophets that receive the honor to, to, to transmit from that place. I, when, whenever we say the, the generation is darkened, one of the implications is that people no longer have the honor in the sight of God to be invited to listen to the objects of their counsel. Are you still with me? All right, so then we now have the council of angels. Because when God comes up with a policy, are you there? When God comes up with a policy, in order to implement the policy, what he does is that he gives directives to angels to carry out some strategic activities. Are you with me? Now, so it is also possible for you to receive from the angels that are being dispatched to accomplish something in the kingdom of God. But the that one has a limitation. It has a limitation because the total counsel you don't know, you only know the counsel that is given to that angel. You get that? Most prophets operate from this level. And it is because of this that prophets will need to compare notes with each other so that we can now we can now perceive what the total council is, is that clear? And then we also have what is called the Council of heaven. The Council of heaven is a combination it's it's the courtroom of God, and in the courtroom of God, you have God there, you also have angels there. Are you with me? Since the time that Satan, for instance, was cast out of heaven. He no longer has access to heaven, but there's a part of heaven that he has access to. And that part of heaven he has access to is the court of heaven. You know, in order for us to have a case, there is an accuser side. There is a defense side. Oh, you're not following me. So, it's only the court. When, you, when the Bible says, like in the book of Job. Um, Satan showed up. Don't be confused. The only time he shows up, and the only place he shows up to, is the court of heaven, because he comes with an accusation. He can he can come to court. He's a lawyer, so it's not as if he's strolling around in heaven and say, "Hey, Alpha." No, that's not what we are talking about. It's the court? May the Lord give you understanding. So it's the court of heaven that he comes to bring his accusations. That's where justice, judgment, and equity takes place. So in this council of heaven, it is possible for you to receive the verdicts. You know, when we set up altars and we begin to press, do priesthood, it's from the council of heaven that the verdict of your liberty is decreed. Exactly. So there is a way prophecy is. There's a way the texture of prophecy is when it comes from the council of God. God. There's a way the texture of prophecy is when it comes from the council of angels. There's a way the texture of prophecy is when it comes from the council of heaven. But what we saw in the ministry of Pa he was plugged in to the council of God. And what he brought about Tivland. land. Do you still remember what he said? Please give us a chronicle of what he said about
1: this land. Uh No, so all I could recall was that first day I came and he encountered me and knew that I'm a chief person and just said those he words. He said, talked about a revival that was to come. Yeah, I said that it would be difficult, difficult for the chief people to yield or to submit completely. Do you God. have any um, record
0: whether or not he ever came to this land? Uh, he, he didn't because uh, later now, on. That's what I wanted you to know. He did not know about the T people because he visited here. Oh, you are not with me. Okay, because you are not interested, don't worry, I will, I will not. I was moved. There was, as he was talking now, I became moved to be talking about strange things that I'm not supposed to talk about. At least not now. Yeah,
2: so But he... I'm seeing you,
0: you are not, you are not. Yeah, so he never came he here. He never at... came here, but he knew about the destiny of the Tib nation much more than a Tib man. He knew about the destiny of the Thief nation, the destiny of the Thief people group, much more than a Thief man that was born and bred in Thief land. Now, you see, the thing about a prophet, especially a prophet that transmits from the counsel of God, is that that prophet can give you insight about yourself beyond what you know about yourself. That prophet has access to the ledger of God, to the diary of God, where he conceived you in his heart, and the details of what you will have capacity to become by reason of ordination was chronicled. Paeltin was one of the few mortals that walked this earth that had access to the grand council of his majesty. And the thing about this matter is this you might decide not to believe, and nothing will happen to you, you will not lose your salvation. But but are you there? You are excluded because of the rank the man carried and the favor he had with God. God has said, Are you with me? If you accept him, not just as per elting but as a prophet, that's that's different. If you accept him in the capacity of my sending ordination upon him, heaven, thanks your name down. That will reward you in the age that is. You will walk in some measure of the rewards in time, but you'll be rewarded in the age that is to come. So, can you give us a grand summary?
1: Yeah, so the grand summary is... Uh... Uh, Piltdown never knew of the world uh, Elisha when God spoke to him to come to Nigeria and live in Elisha. He never knew of 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 the name called I mean Elisha. He didn't okay. know there was anything like that. So when God said, "If you come to Nigeria, live in Elisha," he took the map of Nigeria and started to look for a Jesus. town by the name of Elisha. Oh, so there were just a few of them praying when do God you spoke. See, do you see how the prophets of old were diligent to follow prescriptions? Today, ministry is a jamboree, it's a jungle. So when he came to Elisha, the town was such a very small place, I can and, and there were some missions back home in Europe, in I mean, in America. When they discovered that he was here, they gave him a lot of offers to move and live in Lagos so that they would be funding him to live in Ibadan so that they would be funding him. He refused and said, God said I should live in Elysia, a very, very lonely place. That's why he lived till he died. He came to Nigeria around 1936, thereabout. Jesus. Yeah, thereabouts. So, uh, by the time I was meeting him, I think he was here for uh, uh, from '36 to '82. 80, <laughs> yeah, he was like, yes, and so he remained there and would travel around the country and minister. And his ministry was particular to uh, university students. He saw. That, that is the future. And so he loved to minister to students in, I mean, on the campuses. I mean, in if, uh, and that's why he came to ABU and all of that. Um, his wife, who we called Mama, you know, I don't even know, her, I mean, I don't even know her name till now. Uh, was a very, very quiet woman. I cannot quote Two words that uh, that I, I heard from her. Yeah, okay. but I kept going to the house severally I cannot remember because it was so quiet there. But Python said that any time he was ministering, he was looking at his wife, and when he was going beyond when he should stop, and he saw the wife would signal him, he would end it. Huh. <laughs> Yeah, so the wife was an integral part of the ministry, oh, ministry. and the calling. Um, huh. Pa Elton was actually an apostle okay. that, that operated in the prophetic grace too, but an apostle to Nigeria, and he told us that when he comes back, he is going to be ruling over Nigeria. Huh.
0: That's when he comes back in the age to come. Yes. Jesus Christ. So. <laughs> now, can you see his heart is on the reward? That's why you will not find him being a, a, a reggae rack. May the Lord have mercy on us. Mark chapter 9 verse 41 Mark chapter 9, verse 41. For whosoever shall give you a cup of water to drink in my name because ye belong to Christ, verily I say unto you, he shall not lose his reward. Is there any true messenger of God that you have identified? That you have received. That you have refreshed. Hallelujah. Well, the Lord will help us in Jesus' name. I'm going to stop. You know, the, the, the gravity of this service has shifted. So let me read the last scripture, Matthew chapter 25 verse 40. So this is the second item for rewards. In God's agenda. And the king shall answer and say unto them. Verily I say unto you. In so much as ye have done it. Unto one of the least of his brethren. Ye have done it to me. And you know I told you there are two characters behind the reward system. One is Jesus Christ. Two is the father. And Jesus is saying that if you did something in his honor. You have done it to his father. Jesus is also saying if you do something to one of the ones he sends. You you have also done it to him and to his father. Jesus is also saying that even these little ones. Any believer anywhere whatsoever. And you become an instrument of support in his life. You make his journey, his pilgrimage easier. You point him to the right direction. All of those things goes into account and God has decided that he will reward. A man whose heart is on the reward for God, from God, there is a way he orders his life. His life was, must be within prescription. If you are still with me, say, Amen. Now, even though we have not exhausted the list, because of the gravity that has entered into this service this morning, can you see how much Paelti me? He said, in the age that is to come, he will be the warden of Nigeria. Hey! Hey! He will be the warden of Nigeria. Because of that, he instructed that his remains be buried in the land. As testament, as witness, I finished my goal and here I lie, waiting for you to come on the day of resurrection. What conviction? What conviction? That kind of a man with the depth of conviction that he had. Do you think that what he was living for was to get likes on Facebook? What conviction? I will be the warden of Nigeria in the age that is to come. He saw beyond time. Just like Abraham saw the one that had capacity to, to build foundations. To build foundations. Can we answer the Lord with deepen our conviction? And let our eyes see beyond our nose. Let our eyes see beyond our nose let our eyes see let our eyes see can you cry he was a pilgrim he was a pilgrim that walked amongst us he desired nothing from us he desired no pleasure for his dream he lived exclusively to serve the will of God oh oh have mercy have mercy have mercy on us. Ilamo so ko brante kusadakaya. Roma seli kendo Romoskito Brace Ko Filama. And I choose the way of the
2: Lord.
0: Oh. And
2: for the way of the Lord. Is the way for peace, I choose the way of love, for the way.
3: such a moment and um, one of the things I keep asking is there is a reason why God is bringing this move of his spirit at such a time as this and it's important that uh, maybe after this meeting you find a place where you can do a proper soul audit and see what you need to take up. Please let's cause the offering basket to go around. The things you need to take out, the things you need to readjust so that we can be in the good books of the one that sees in secret who will definitely reward in the open. Amen. I think one of the decisions that we have to make is to decide who you are going to receive your reward from. We can get our rewards from men and we can also get from the one who sees in secret it's important that you make your choices and decisions